1: I've been fortunate enough to have the opportunity to play um, this game since I was in fourth grade, and uh, I've been with the Panthers now for eight years, and it's never the right time to step away, but now is the right time for me, and it's a tough decision. I've thought about it a lot, and I think now is, is, is the right chance for me to, to move on.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast. Sullen, Will Brinson, your host. Uh, tough day if you're a football fan because Luke Keekly, as you just heard, announced his retirement from football. This is actually the Luke Keekly emergency, retires emergency podcast. It's myself and Sean Wagner. Sean, how you doing, buddy?
2: Good. I like that, uh, when you have less names to announce, you can't get out my full name.
0: Oh, sorry. Sean Wagner McGuff. I apologize. There it is. I like it. My bad. Anyway make it about you. You're, not you're,
2: you're, you're emotional. I get it. I get it.
0: It's yeah. okay. Um, yeah, yeah, in a weird, um, I, I mean, look, so Luke Keekley announced his retirement. I was sitting, um, on the couch. I just put my son to bed. We'd recorded the Brady Quinn football show earlier. Make sure and check that out in your feed. And, um, I had uh Twitter open. I opened up Twitter and I saw that the Panthers had tweeted something. It was like Luke Keekley in a, button down and a blazer and i i need to look and see what the caption was that the panthers added to it but uh it was like i didn't need to see the video to know what what it said um let's see where is it i think it said in my heart i know it's the right thing to do is that their initial tweet i believe it was yeah in my heart i know it's the right thing to do and like it was i was like oh my god luke kinkley's retiring and that, that is a big, big shocking piece of news. And, um, I, you know, he's first 29 in April, former defensive rookie of the year, former defensive player of the year, led the league in tackles twice. Um, a, uh, top 10 draft pick from the 2012 draft on a scale of one to 10. How surprised were you, Sean? 10.
2: Uh, 12. look we, <laughs> yeah, we've seen players retire before at the age of 30 or before the age of 30. And like with the case of Gronk, for example, You could just tell by watching him that his body was broken down and, like, he needed to step away.
0: You're you're speaking of Rob Gronkowski.
2: Yeah, Rob Gronkowski. What makes Keekly's retirement so shocking – and, yes, we know about his injury history. We know about the concussions – but it's not like when you watch him play the game on Sundays, you think, "Oh, this guy is like old. He's he's injured. He's past his prime." He's coming off a really good season. He had 144 tackles, which is more he had in 2018. In 2018, he was first team All-Pro. So this is a lot like for me. You can say maybe the Andrew Luck situation or the Calvin Johnson situation, maybe more co- comparable, because this is a guy who's still playing at the top of his game and, and walking away. That's why it's so shocking.
0: So if you go to Luke Kuechly's Wikipedia page and you hit control F to find a word and you type in the word concussion, it shows up 11 times. That's a lot. And now that's not all for, you know, he didn't have 11 concussions, but um, you know, it's like in 2016, he had 10 games and suffered a concussion in week 11. Uh, and then, you know, missed six games. He still had over a hundred tackles that year. Uh, and then in 2017, he was placed in the concussion protocol after playing against the Eagles. And I believe that Eagles game was the one where he was carted off crying. And it was that Thursday night game against Philly. Carson, you know, Carson went, it was an awesome game. Uh, the Eagles, those sort of the Eagles coming out party that year with Carson Wentz because Carolina was a very good team as well. Uh, two weeks later he cleared concussion protocol and he came back and, and had a big game. And he's been, I, I, I don't, doesn't feel like he's really dealt with the concussions a lot over the last two years. But at the same time, you know, you hear what he said on the video and he got emotional and you know what, you don't need me to read it. Why don't I just play it for you? Here's an emotional Luke Keekley describing why he left.
1: You know, there's only one way to play this game since I was a little kid is is to play fast and play physical and play strong and at this point I don't know if I'm able to do that anymore. And that's the part that is the most difficult is I still want to play, but I don't think it's the right decision. So I thought about it for a long time. And I think now is opportunity for me to step away.
0: I mean, look, it's, it's hard not to listen to that. And it's hard to listen to that and not get emotional. I mean, it's, this is a guy who, like you hear all the cliches about being a you know coach's son or a, you know like a blue collar mentality, just a football guy. Like he's a football guy. He's one of the most brilliant minds at middle linebacker that you will ever see play the game of football. Drafted in 2012, again defensive rookie of the year, defensive player of the year in 2013. Um, Just piles up tackles, always ahead of the offense, always in the right spot. When they had a good defensive line going to Carolina. Keekly would just explode in there. 12 and a half sacks, 18 interceptions. I mean, but you, you like, you can tell Sean that he, if he were perfectly healthy, he'd be coming back expecting to have an all per season.
2: Yeah. And the frustrating thing, I, he didn't directly say concussions in, in his, uh, in his statement. You have to imagine that's obviously the injuries uh, that he's talking about. Um, but what he's saying, what makes it so frustrating from a viewer standpoint, I'm sure for, for him is, is that with a knee injury or, or a back injury in the case of Gronk, you can just see that on the field, and that just makes it really easy to accept. You can't really see the impact of concussions except when he's getting carted off and crying. And he actually had a quote in 2017. I was going back and looking at it. They were asking him if he would think about changing his playing style uh, to kind of minimize the risk. And he said, you play the game and don't think about getting hurt because that slows you down, and then that ends up increases." increasing the likelihood of getting hurt so that kind of echoes what he said in that clip there which was look i can't change the way i play the game if i start even thinking about that i'm not going to be luke keekley anymore uh so by, that's by, the, by
0: that- the way gronk just tweeted out uh as we were recording this gronk tweeted congrats luke keekley on early retirement you were a fearless player all out there on the field so when are you coming back which is like, like, I don't know if I'm making it about you, Gronk, but that's pretty funny. Cause like, nobody's gonna, nobody's like, when is Andrew Luck coming back? Well, I guess people do ask about Luck, but then nobody's gonna be like, when, it, it, all right, people kinda ask that, that's fine. But like, <laughs> but like, people weren't like, is Luck coming back in week seven? Like, can the Colts call Luck? And like, nobody's gonna be like, can the, can the Panthers call Luke Keekley and bring him back? But every week, people are like, could Gronk come back? So I find that amusing. Anyway, go ahead.
2: I mean, you were talking about, his tackle machines, if if you go and just sort by 2012-2019, which was this man of his career, and you just sort by linebackers, I mean, he is, like, first in every single category. I think he's second in solo tackles, uh, first in combined tackles, first in tackles for a loss, if you don't include Clay Matthews, who was more of an outside linebacker and the reason he got a lot of those. Uh, he was first in interceptions with 18. That's an overlooked part of his game. Like, we all know about the tackling.
0: 18 18 interceptions as a middle linebacker is insane.
2: The next closest player has 12 at his position group.
0: Since he was drafted. Yes, from 2012 to
2: 2019.
0: I mean, like, he's not that close, but, like, the bottom board on on pro football reference of leaders, all-time leaders in interceptions is at 28. And those are all defensive backs who are having the ball thrown at them on a regular basis. Like, to have 18 interceptions, and even to have 12 and a half sacks as a middle linebacker whose primary job is stuffing the run. And that's really the thing, too, is like, because of his job, because of how he plays downhill, hitting gaps, tackling running backs. I mean, that is a, takes a physical toll on your brain and on the hits that you take. And remember, Keekley was a three, he was a four, he was at BC for four years, three times at, in Boston, at Boston College, was named the Dick Buckus, uh, linebacker of the year in, in college football. So that's, that's fairly decent. And again, I mentioned the cerebral thing. Um, I'm going to play this clip really quick, if it's cool, uh, of him from All or Nothing talking about scouting Saquon Barkley.
1: There's not as much tape on him as, as other guys I've seen. So, like, the more you watch on guys, the better feel-free you can get for him. So, like, when, when Saquon's in, i got to understand what his running style is. He runs very strong. He's got really good contact balance. His ability to stop... Start and then his lateral, his lateral ability to run away from guys is unique. He's fast. He's explosive. He runs strong. He's a, he's a special guy with the ball. If you don't understand kind of how he likes to run the ball, I think you put yourself at a disadvantage, especially with a, with a guy like this. That's as unique as he is. So, I mean, like that is,
0: is better when you see the video. So whatever, but, um, Keekly, like, I saw Billy Marshall of, uh, I guess he's from, uh, Catch Scratch Reader sometimes, but he tweets a bunch at Billy M underscore 91. Uh, and I think that he made a good point that it would not be surprising at all to see Keekly go into scouting or go into like coaching. And cause Dan, that's what Dan Morgan does. And now Dan Morgan, the former Panthers linebacker, uh, really, he's from UCLA, but a similar sort of build. Uh, in terms of type of player, and, and dealt with concussions, and that's why he retired early. Um And Dan Morgan is in pro personnel now. Like, Keekly, if he wants to do that, he will absolutely have a spot in somebody's front office, I would assume, as a scout, and then eventually maybe on to something bigger.
2: Yeah, I mean, you always hear stories about coaches and scouts, so one thing you have to be able to do is work those long hours. Like, we make fun of Adam Gase all the time for working those long hours. Uh, the difference is, guys like Luke Keekly, That time is actually well spent and it translates on the field. Adam Um,
0: Gase is on like level 7000 of Candy Crush though. So I mean, like he's, (laughs) he's, he's got that going for him.
2: Here's a Ron Rivera quote when he told the athletic about a year and a half ago. This is him telling a story. He said, it was 2015. It was Christmas Eve. I walked in. He was still on the projector. It was 5.30 PM. I said, Hey, you need to go home. He said, well, nobody gets here until tomorrow morning. I said, well, it's Christmas Eve. I think you need to go home. I'll come back in an hour. I hope I don't catch you. So I come back an hour later. I heard his door close and I was around the corner. So I went and looked up and the light was still blinking. So I knew he had just left. That's what he does. That's just the way he is.
0: He's he, I mean, like, so I started covering the NFL for CBS in, um, during the 2010 season. So like, I mean, not, and look, I grew up a Panthers fan. I mean, this is a team I, I, uh, you know, I, I grew up rooting for and grew up watching and it, you know, like I'm, you know, it's my team. Um, so the first draft I went to was Cam Newton. Second draft was Luke Keekley And it's kind of like, it is sort of insane that Cam Newton's time with the Panthers is probably either at an end or about to be at an end, or he has one year left and then he's going to go somewhere else. And now Luke Keekley is retiring. Like I did not, it is, it is, it is very weird for me to have the guys that I started covering when I got to CBS for the team that I grew up rooting for uh, to be walking away. And, and like, I don't know. Keekly is – it's also interesting, I think, too, because two years ago, the Panthers, we really thought that they would be undergoing a lot of transition. And Ron Rivera managed to stave that off. He kept his job for a little bit longer than people thought when Jerry Richardson sold the team to to David Tepper. Uh, Now, Ron Rivera is out. Matt Rule is in. They just hired Joe Brady from the LSU Tigers. Didn't do an emergency podcast on that. Brady Quinn, don't worry about it. Uh, but, um <laughs> we, uh, but that's like Joe Brady's in, Matt Rule is in, Ron Rivera is out, Cam Newton is probably heading out. This team is a is going to be totally different. I do wonder, Sean, if the idea that Luke Keekley is looking at this roster and thinking, all right, maybe Cam will be traded, maybe they're sort of rebuilding with this new coaching staff, maybe it is also a good time to sort of transition out of town. uh do you think that maybe played a factor
2: yeah I mean. It's hard to speculate because you don't know about, like, how hurt he actually is and what doctors sure. have told him. But, yeah, he did mention in a statement that he felt like the state of the linebacking room – was pretty strong, so he felt comfortable leaving. That said, you look at their depth chart, and, like, there's just no replacing Luke Keekley Like, you have Shaq Thompson at one of the inside linebacker spots. I mean, I think that's fine. Uh But then you look who's behind Luke Keekley You have Andre Smith, and uh, they drafted Jermaine Carter two years ago, I believe. Uh But there's just not really a guy who can step in and replace them because there just isn't a guy like that who exists around the league unless somehow you trade for Bobby Wagner. So uh, <laughs> there's just no replacing him. I mean, he... We just did our all-decade team um, a couple weeks ago, and we had 20 people voting, and it was either Bobby Wagner or Luke Kuechly getting first-place votes. Not a single other player did not get first-place votes. This guy very clearly was, along with Bobby Wagner, the best linebacker, inside linebackers of the past 10 years, and it's not even close. There's no replacing him.
0: Uh, By the way, the Panthers, seventh overall pick in the draft. We talked about Isaiah Simmons. I don't know if you do you, watch, do. you watch college football?
2: I watched the half of the national championship game. What did you think? That LSU quarterback looks pretty good.
0: Would you take Burrow first overall? Yes, I would. Yeah, I just don't know how much Burrow you've watched this year. Very little. Okay, I mean it, it's fine. It's not your job to watch college football. I mean, Thank you. No, I mean I'm just I mean, no, it's, you're it's you're right. I,
2: I want no, I I watch very little college football until after the NFL season, yeah. and then I try to go back and watch the prospects.
0: Yeah. I've watched most of it because I'm a degenerate, but, um, the, uh, <laughs> at any rate, um, so like, it would not be surprising. Maybe an Isaiah Simmons, who we, we, we saw on the field could, uh, could potentially be in play there at number seven. Certainly a defensive player, um, could be in the mix. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, is Luke Keekley a hall of famer, the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of new balance, clutch athletics and rich paul the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community with rising defensive stars will anderson and chase young on the roster clutch athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes giving them style and performance on and off the field learn more and purchase clutch athletics at newbalance.com
2: robert half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring if you have open roles chances are you're feeling this too
0: I mean that's the yeah you know, that is uh that is just sort of the uh, the nature of it. I mean he he was drafted in 2012. Um, it is cra- by the way, it's crazy to see. Before we dive into that hall, of, the Hall of Fame, uh, thing, it is pretty wild to see the the 2012 NFL draft. Sean number one overall, Andrew Luck retired before the season. And shocking news, um, were it not for Antonio Brown, he would have been the featured preseason emergency podcast. Number two, Robert Griffin backing up Lamar Jackson. Number three, Trent Richardson, long out of the league. Number four, Matt Khalil, technically still active. <laughs> um, Football player. Yeah. He's not the, the Texans, right? Um, number five, Justin Blackman, long out of the league. Uh, real off-field issues. Hope he's gotten those taken care of. Number six, Moe Claiborne. Seven, Mark Barron to Tampa Bay, converted to a, a linebacker. eight, Ryan Tannehill. Huh? How about that? How about that? And now he might be, he's four quarters away from going back to Miami, the team that drafted him eighth overall to potentially win a Super Bowl in Miami. That would be delightful. Number nine, Luke Keekley, now retired. And number 10, Stefan Gilmore, drafted by Buffalo out of South Carolina, now a potential defensive player of the year with uh, the Patriots after signing with them in free agency. Don Terry Poe, Fletcher Cox, Michael Floyd, Michael Brockers, Bruce Irvin now with the Panthers, Quentin Copels. huh? wow. Kins- hey, Sh-
2: Shane McClellan, 19.
0: That's right. Drake Kirkpatrick, Melvin Ingram still active. Can- uh, Chandler Jones at 21, a really nice pick. I mean, Dante it's just so- high tower. It, like, I mean, so coming after the 2011 draft with, like, Cam, Vaughn, um Julio, AJ Green, Patrick Peterson, we kind of looked at this draft we're like hey maybe this draft has hall of fame potential too and the 2013 draft was a disaster. 2012 has not panned out to be the great draft. Uh that many thought it could be. However, Luke Keekley could be maybe maybe the only hall of famer in the first round. Is Fletcher Cox to be a hall of famer, Diva?
2: Ultimately, I don't think so, but I think he
0: Probably not. He's on the
2: on the right track, but I think he's on the outside looking in.
0: So the only other guys who could compete to potentially get in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion, would be Fletcher Cox, Chandler. This is just the first round. Fletcher Cox, Chandler Jones, David DeCastro, Dante Hightower—a real long um, shot—and then Kevin Zeitler has been traded, so I would I would doubt it. So right now, and maybe maybe Harrison Smith,
2: Mr. Schwartz, yeah, sure. Can I ask you an interesting question? DeMarcus
0: Jenkins? Just
2: kidding. When, uh, when Andrew Luck retired, I went back and I redrafted the top 10 of the 2012 draft, which obviously Luke Keekley's in. Just off the top of your head, looking at that order, where would you draft Keekley knowing today that he's retiring after
0: eight seasons? Well, and when we talk about the Hall of Fame, remember Russell Wilson was in this class.
2: Yeah, so I had, yeah, I had Russell Wilson at one. I went Andrew Luck at two still. Cool. Um, because I think if you got that many years with Andrew Luck, you would take that. Um, and I had Keekley at five, Bobby Wagner at four. I think you could have flipped those if you wanted to.
0: I mean, I would, I'm biased, but I would, because I like Keekley, but I would take Keekley over Bobby Wagner. Um,
2: well, not anymore. I
0: mean, like, how many more years is Bobby Wagner playing?
2: More than Keekley, and they're both playing, I would say, at a, at the same level. Keekley had
0: a better start to his career, I think, than Wagner. It's like, I mean, Wagner had a great start, but he was also in, like, a the Legion of Boom. So I mean, I would say Keekley's peak is higher, but Wagner Wagner obviously will have more longevity. But
2: I, so I, I mean, you would he, still like, you would still take Kuechly five though, or would you take him that high?
0: Well, who's knowing,
2: six? knowing you get um, Stephon Gilmore?
0: You would take Gilmore over Keekley yeah. Especially if you're like if you can put him in Bill Belichick's system. Right. Yeah. Then
2: I had Fletcher Cox at seven. He, Probably go Cox now, just because. I don't,
0: it just depends I don't know how long Fletcher Cox is playing, right? Like, I mean, Fletcher Cox is a 6'4", 310 pound human who is, uh, gonna be 30 next December. You know, I mean, like, I would probably go Keekly, but it's, it's pretty close. I just think we're gonna see guys retiring it, and this is the interesting debate about the Hall of Fame too. So like, this, the concussion stuff, is so new. I mean, now it's accepted and we sort of moved into an era where it's like, everybody's trying to prevent head trauma. Everybody's aware of, of what the issues are when you play football, which should have been aware 10 years ago. What for whatever we don't have to get into the nuances of that. But like if this had happened five years ago, it, it would be breaking news on CNN.
2: Yes. It's
0: 29, year old superstar linebacker walks away from football in the middle of a multimillion dollar contract. Has had concussion issues.
2: Right. And I think he has a $10 million salary the next two years. So he's walking away from $20 million plus million dollars, yeah. depending on the bonuses as well. And the reason why you mentioned it's so crazy to think about in the last five years alone, the number of players who have retired before turning 31. Uh, Patrick Willis, who obviously one of the best linebackers of his generation, right up there with Wagner and Keekly. Uh, Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson. Andrew, Andrew Luck. Rock. Rob Gronkowski, Luke Keekley. Those are five guys in the last five years under the age of 31 who are, those you are, can make an argument, were the best at their position group when they played.
0: I mean, like, those guys were all involved in the in the discussion with the all-decade team. Now, I'm sure that, um, because of Rodgers and Breeze and Brady, Luck wasn't even mentioned as, like, a voting, a voting guy. But, like, if you were just saying, you know, I mean, like, he was very, very good. I mean, he was an elite quarterback. So, it's crazy, yeah. Guys are walking away sooner. The Hall of Fame is going to have to deal with that. And I, this is interesting. I, uh, I was tweeting with Greg Rosenthal about it. Um, my initial gut reaction when he retired was like, okay, let's, you know, let's sort of look at the, you know, let's look at his resume. Is he a, is he a Hall of Famer in your mind?
2: For me, yes. Uh, I think we should reward guys who were at the top of their. Game at at the, at the top of their position group when they played for a long enough period of time, I think eight seasons is long enough. Especially when you look at his resume. I mean, he made the. Pro, I mean, Pro Bowls seven. are flawed. Seven oh, Pro no, Bowls. He, seven Pro Bowls. T- and the one time he didn't make Pro Bowl, he won Rookie of the Year. Yeah. So, um, but I'm just saying. So he still won a higher honor in the year he didn't make the Pro Bowl. Five first team All Pro out of eight seasons, which is
0: kind of incredible. Six, six yeah, five first team, one second team All Pro. Out of eight years. Yeah. It's
2: we easy. just ran through the stats. He's like the league leader of pretty much every single staffer inside linebackers. I don't know what else he could have 2000, done.
0: 2013 defensive player of the year. That matters too. That's true. Because that, that is a, that you are recognized as the best defensive player in all of football. Like that, that you can't, it's not even like, was he the best linebacker in football? It's like he was the best defensive player in football for at least one year, maybe more when he played 16 games. And so like, that is – that's a big milestone in terms of a Hall of Fame resume.
2: And I don't want to turn – we're not going to turn this into an Eli Manning Hall of Fame discussion, but nope. it would really annoy me if we give guys who were never top three at their position group but were managed to play for our 15 years – and compile all these stats and put them in and we're not going to put in guys like Luke Keekley, guys like Calvin Johnson. I assume Gronk will get in because he was a part of those Patriots teams and, uh, I mean, he played just a more exciting position than Luke Keekley did. But I think we have to start rewarding guys who were really good for five or six years even at the top of their game and were the best at their position group and get them in. The one thing I'll say maybe voting well. Is the trending towards this? I mean, Terrell Davis just got in, what, two years ago? Yeah. And I know, I know he had playoff success and that probably played a big role being a part of the narrative of getting Elway over the hump. But I think if Terrell Davis is getting in, I mean, he had what, three incredible years at his peak and that was it. Uh, we have to let Keekly get in who did it for eight years.
0: Yeah. And so, um, Keekly, Terrell Davis, three time pro bowler, three time all pro. Yeah.
2: He had three he had, incredible seasons. He had,
0: he had four good years, one 2000 yard I mean, yeah, like, see, that's what I don't get. Um, and like, I'm not knocking John Clayton. He's a Hall of Famer and a legend, but I was really surprised. Like, I remember reading this at the time and I was like, what? In 2016, February 2016 at the uh, Super Bowl in San Francisco, I, I was actually in a, uh, in a, in a taxi cab on the way from the airport to our hotel in San Francisco with, uh, Dan Hansis and Chris Wessling from around the NFL. And like the Calvin Johnson news broke and I was on a shift. I remember like, this. I'd like whip out my laptop and do the story. And they're like, what is the matter with you? What are you doing? <laughs> I was like, Hey man, got to grind. Um, but it is a shocking, shocking news. But um, John Clayton wrote a column, said retire the notion that Calvin Johnson will end up being a first ballot hall of famer. His nine year career puts him on the fringe of the hall of fame consideration, but more could be needed to make this a no brainer on the first try. Now, uh, I again, I'm not disparaging John Clayton. He's one of the greatest sports writers of all time. As good as it gets in the NFL. But to me, Calvin Johnson is a no friggin' brainer slam dunk Hall of Famer. If you don't want to make him on the first ballot, that's fine. I don't care. But when you talk about the best wide receiver in football over an eight year period, that was Calvin Johnson. He was the exception to the rule. He was bigger, stronger, faster, and more talented than everybody else. And he was the best at his position. Like, and there were no, there was no, there was, there wasn't really a discussion for like three or four years, right?
2: And I, yes, I'm a Bears fan. So look, I had to deal with that twice a year. There was no other receiver I think I dreaded watching the Bears face than him. Uh, the only thing that could stop him was terrible rules of him putting the ball down when he was scoring a touchdown.
0: Right. Or the fact that he played for the Lions and they brought Matthew Stafford in. He led the league in receiving twice. My point being is that if they're going to, if the, this is my concern with Keekley. If the, and maybe Keekley is a, a bridge to, to, to opening this up to guys who played shorter time periods, but also worth noting, Patrick Willis didn't make the finalist list. This year for the 2020 class, like Patrick Willis <laughs> and Luke keekley have very, very similar resumes. Yep.
2: Especially with going to the Super Bowl, right? When he was with the 49ers, was he, the Kaepernick.
0: he was one of the guys who was a, a pro bowler in 2012 when keekley didn't make it. He's a first round pick. I think he was 11th overall at Old Miss. Uh, five all pro teams, seven pro bowls, something like that um you know the, the the resume i'll look at it here it's uh one two three four he made all pros a rookie by the way in 2007 um five all pros and seven pro balls uh you know retired in after 2014 led the league in tackles twice eight interceptions was never defensive player of the year and that matters again but Pretty similar resumes, and he wasn't a finalist this
2: year. And let me give one more case for boosting Keekly. If we want to factor in postseason success, which we absolutely should, in the Panthers Super Bowl run, which obviously culminated with a loss, he had two pick-sixes in the lead-up to that one against Seahawks in a seven-point game, by the way, so he provides the difference there and another in that blowout over Arizona, uh, in addition to having 13 tackles in a sack throughout that run. So if the Panthers are able to finish off that game, and it's not like they lost that game because Luke Kuechly lost that game because their offense couldn't move the ball. uh, We're talking about that as like one of the best like defensive seasons that is punctuated with an all-time great uh, playoff run that he doesn't get credit for because they didn't win the game.
0: Yep. And by the way, mentioned Patrick Willis is not a finalist. One of the 15 finalists who was in sort of ironically, Sam Mills, who is the guy that, Keep pounding is named after him. He was only the Panthers for three years, but he, he made his only all pro team as a 37 year old linebacker with the Panthers. Okay. He, I mean, he had four pro bowl or five pro bowls, one all pro. He's a, fi- like this is my concern is that the hall, the hall of fame voters, and I don't know whether they value longevity or they just do stat comparisons. I think that Keekley will probably get in because, again, defensive player, like, to me, he should be in. And, like, Dubin, Jared Dubin, our colleague tweeted at me, said, if he's not in, what's the point of having the Hall of Fame? I think he will get in, and this is kind of, uh, look, white linebacker from BC, very friendly with the media, very smart, great personality, outgoing, uh, you know, has, you know, like, very charming and personable, racked up tons of tackles, has already been awarded by the same, basically the same group of voters that would vote in the Hall of Fame for the Defensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, uh, the captain of the team, the football guy. It's easy to see him as a sell. So maybe he's the bridge to get all these guys who retire early in.
2: Yeah, the way I would also phrase it in I'm not taking a shot at Thomas Davis, who is, still is playing. Um, awesome. it,
0: How did Thomas Davis outlast Luke Keekley?
2: Right. But I was going to say, right. if you want to, if you're looking at cumulative stats, you think, oh, Luke Keekley, uh, not as good as, as Thomas Davis. When the fact of the matter, if you watch those two guys play side by side, you know Luke Keekley was the better player. And again, not taking anything away from Thomas Davis, but Thomas Davis ranks.
0: Thomas Davis was drafted in 2005.
2: I mean, he's 24th all-time in tackles, yeah. and then if you go down – got to you gotta go down way down to find Luke Kuechly, obviously, at 59. Uh, but that's what I would say is that it's not all about Q and Liv stats. Uh, that can be a factor, and that can play a role, but especially when you're looking at guys who play these punishing positions, it's not Luke Kuechly's fault he's getting concussions. That That is just a luck thing. He had bad luck. Uh, we shouldn't hold that against him because if he doesn't get those concussions, you have to think he's still playing and racking up those tackles.
0: So you're saying he's not prone to concussions? <laughs> I'm not saying uh, that. I'm just, I'm just, um, people can't help but they get concussed. By the way, worth noting, too, just real quickly, Thomas Davis didn't make a, a Pro Bowl until 2015, 10 years into his career, which is kind of crazy. Uh, he was a... uh he was a safety at Georgia and drafted as a safety by the Panthers in 05. Transitioned to a linebacker. Really blossomed once he recovered from those ACL injuries. And then he got put next to Luke Keekley and he moved to the outside. And all the credit in the world to Ron Rivera. You know, you talk about it like that helped Luke Keekley a ton, I think. Being drafted for a team that was coached by Ron Rivera. Learning under a, a, a you know former Super Bowl winning uh, legendary uh, defensive player like that. And uh, so, yeah, Luke Keekley retires at the age of 28. We'll turn 29 three days before the draft on April 20th. Miss you, Luke. Enjoy retirement, buddy. That's it for the Emergency Podcast. Sean,
1: talk to you soon, pal.